0: We get ready for the Word of God this morning. We're going to continue part two of this message we talked about last week, making room for a miracle. But now we're going to start off in Second Kings four 2 Kings four seventeen. 2 Kings 4, 17. Bible says, and the woman conceived and bore a son at that season the next year as Elijah had said to her. And I want you to pick up here, verse 18. When the child was grown, the pay came that they went out to his father to the reapers, And he said to his father, my head hurts. My head, he said to his servant, Carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to the mother, he sat on her lap until noon. Then he died. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. She shut the door behind them, and went out. Then she called to her husband and said, Please, send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and return. He said, "Why will you go to him today? It's neither the new moon or the Sabbath." And she said, "It will be well." Notice what she says: "It will be well." Then she saddled her donkey and said to her servant, "Drive and go forward. Do not slow down the pace for me unless I tell you." So she went and came to the man of God to Mount Carmel. When the man of God saw her at a distance, he said to the of the servant, Behold, there's the Shunamai, please run now to meet her and say to her, Is it well with you? Notice the question, Is it well with you? The servant asked, Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? And she answered. It is well. Come on, say that with me. It is well. Not the response I would have had. But part two of making room for a miracle, the title of today's message is just that. It is well. Let's pray, Father, bless this word. To go into this message like this Shunammite woman. Many people here in your life have situations that are not well. Teach us Lord, through this passage. What you want us to understand. Use me mighty. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can have the seed up me. Go into this word here. part two. I heard a story of a husband who wanted to make dinner for his family, for his wife and three kids. So one afternoon, he prepared the whole meal. He, was, he went out into the garden, and he got all the fresh vegetables he could find. He got some mushrooms, he got carrots, he got everything, and prepared this dinner. And that night he made this amazing feast and all the family was there together eating this dinner. And after dinner was over, the father says, Honey, let's just take the kids out for dessert. Let's just go out for ice cream. So they went out for ice cream and had their dessert. And when they went back home, they saw their dog. And their dog was lying on the floor with foaming in the mouth and just whining and moaning. And the dog looked completely lifeless. And they all panicked. And as they saw this dog laying on the ground and, and taking deep breaths and barely even moving, the kid says, the dog, the dog, he's going to die. And the, the wife looks to the husband and says, what did you do? Because they looked next to the dog where these mushrooms the husband had picked out in the backyard. And they all knew that the dog had eaten some of those mushrooms. So they panicked and they got the dog and they ran into the car, they drove to the nearest emergency bed and the kids are crying and the wife is yelling at the husband, what were you thinking? How can you have done that? And the husband's filled with guilt, I don't know what I was thinking, I can't believe I did, I killed the dog and the wife looks at the husband and says, if you killed our dog, you're next! And they started arguing. And when they went to the vet in the, in the waiting room, they're there panicking and crying and and all of a sudden they just let the, the the dog go to the vet, and he's in there behind closed doors. The vet comes out, looks at the family, and there was the dog with puppies. The dog was not dying. The dog was in labor. The dog was not dying. The dog was about to give birth. Listen, the dog was not dying. Something great was coming out. And I want to tell someone here this morning, take it for what it is. In Jesus' name, the dog is not dying. Something good is coming out of them. Come on, give them praise this morning. Something good is coming out from all of this. And when they saw that dog and they saw that she was fine and they saw those puppies, the wife looked to the husband and said, I'm sorry. And the kids wiped their tears away. And the husband realized that the fear and the panic and the misery and the guilt And the fighting and the worry and the discouragement, all of that was a waste of time because, listen, they misunderstood the situation. And see, when you misunderstand a situation, it leaves room for you to misinterpret it. And sometimes... Things are not what they look like. And you might look at your life right now and be misunderstanding everything. You might be looking at a problem right now and you're misinterpreting it. And you might be afraid right now You might be discouraged right now, you might be feeling guilty right now, you may be anxious right now, and maybe you're wasting your time on all of those negative emotions because you're looking at your life, yourself, and God in the situation, and you are misunderstanding what's really going on. So you think you're staring at a dead dog, but you're actually looking at a blessing from God. It's not always what it looks like. Maybe, just maybe, you're misunderstanding God. That's why Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this trust in the Lord with all your heart. And here's a command do not lean on your own what? Understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your straight. You need God right now to straighten some things out. Amen? God says, trust me, and do not lean on your own understanding. And the reason God says, do not lean on your own understanding is because you and I aren't always going to understand things correctly you're not going to understand your life and why certain things happen. You're not going to understand situations and what good is going to come out of it. You're not going to understand a crisis and why God is actually allowing it in your life. You're definitely not going to understand people and why they do what they do. And when you are misunderstanding your situations, or your life, or your God, it leaves room for the devil to misinterpret it, to bring discouragement, fear, anger into your heart. So God says your heart is under attack. And the heart there is the center of all things, your mind, your will, your emotion. And the devil wants to get into that, to mess you up. So God says you don't have the capability to understand everything I do in your life. In fact, some of you don't understand certain things right now. And why this happened, and why this couldn't happen, and why did this door close? Why did this go on in my life? You and I do not have the capability of understanding. But if you would just lean on God and trust Him, He says, I'll straighten out your path. I will straighten out your life, and in our lives we're going to be tested. To trust, Him. trust in the Lord, and lean not on what my understanding says. This is exactly what's happening to the Shunammite woman. She is being tested now, not to lean on her understanding but to trust God. You see, now the Shunammite woman is blessed. Remember last week, Elijah goes up to her and says, you're going to be pregnant next year. And remember this woman, she's like, nah, that's not going to happen because life has crushed her and crushed her and crushed her. And she has pushed all great expectations away. She doesn't believe that good things are coming out of her life. She thinks her best days are behind her. And when Elijah tells her, you're going to be blessed, She has no faith in it. She has no hope in it. She does not believe in that. So she just tucks it away and says, whatever, Elijah, just whatever. And then she actually, just as the man of God said, she had a baby the following year because God does not lie. And his word stands in authority over any circumstance you may be going through. Now she has the baby. It's been years. Just imagine this Shunamite woman, she's a mom. It's been her greatest dream, it's been her greatest desire and she's there watching him play in the backyard. She's there watching her help dad out at the work in the field. She's there saying thanks, God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you're so good to me. Lord, what a blessing. She's feeding him. She's playing with him. She's walking with him. And she's just thinking, I can't believe this is me right now. I can't believe I'm a mom. I can't believe I have a child. I can't believe God did this miracle. I can't believe it. God, you're so good. God, you're so amazing. And one day, everyone say one day, just one day, Son goes up to the mom and says, Mom, can I go with dad to work today? She said, Yes, yeah, son, go out there. Sitting in her front porch, looking at him. Thank you, Lord. For my family. Thank you for my child. The servant comes with her little boy. He says, here, he, he has a headache. Moms have a special power that when you just sit on their lap, that everything feels better. But he's not getting that. She's holding. He stops moving. Stops breathing, changes color, he dies. Just shaking, wake up. Wake up. He's lifeless. He's dead. Does God always make Does this seem right? Does this seem fair? God, I don't understand this. In which God will reply, you don't need. She gets him up. And she's having one of those moments we're going to have, how life can change in one day. And one day you're happy, and one day you're living your dream, and one day everything's fine, but all it takes is one day for your whole world to go upside down. Can I get a witness this morning? All it takes is one day, one bad report, one day can put your whole world in a crisis mode. That all you need to do is sit down one day at a doctor's office and hear the word cancer, and your whole world is destroyed. And one day all you hear is your spouse look at you in the eyes and say, I don't love you anymore, and I want a divorce. And always takes is one day for your boss to call you and say, we we'll are have some layoffs, and you're the first one, you got to go. All it takes is one folk call to say, your child is not coming back. God will not always make sense. But if we live by the Proverbs 3, 5, 6 rule, we don't have to understand God. We just need to trust Him. We don't need answers. We just need to lean on Him. You're a Christian. You love God. That's great. But we live in a sinful, fallen, broken world, which means you're going to have those one days that life is hard. That life is bad. Look at the shoot of my woman. When life gets bad. You have two things. A choice out of two things. You ready? You could either react or you can respond. You can react or you can respond. What's the difference? When you react, you're just going by your emotions. When you react, you're just going by what you feel. And when you react, you think that the first thing on your mind is what you say. When you react, your emotions get the best of you. Let me put it this way. When you react, you go crazy. You lose control. In fact, when you're the type of person that reacts and doesn't respond you give control over to that situation. It controls you. When you react instead of respond, you give control over to that person. And when you react instead of respond, you lose self-control. That's why there are a lot of people, especially in Miami, amen, that everyone just reacts. That's why you're driving. Someone cuts you off. You react. You hold the horn and go crazy. You better take that Jesus bumper sticker off. Telling people they're number one. Oh, I used the wrong finger, Pastor. I'm sorry. That's a person that reacts. Your kids get mad. They mess up. And you just react. And you get all angry and fussy. and lose your testimony. When you become a person that's just reactive, you just react, you lose control. But if you choose to respond, respond is different than reacting because reacting is more instant and emotional. Responding is more thoughtful. It's strategy. It's a way of having self-control. It's a way where you pause and think about what you're going to say. What you're going to do. It's a way of of just saying, we're going to figure this out, honey. Don't worry. It's a way of making things better emotionally in your life. You think about it. The Bible says in James, Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak. Let's see if you know your Bible and slow to become one. Angry. You know what God expects from us? A response, not a reaction. You know who gets angry and speaks too much and speaks the first thing on their mind? Are you. There? You know who does that? People that don't trust God and react out of emotion. But when you're a person of response, you take the time to listen to the situation, assess it. You take the time to pray. You take the time to see what's going to happen. What are we going to do? You take the time and you have self-control. My question, church, is do you react or do you respond? Because you can have a situation where you're with someone going under the same problem, but if one person reacts and the other one responds, who do you think is the one that's going crazy? Who's the one that's hopeless? Who's the one that's losing their minds? The one that's reacting. Not the one that's responding. Let me prove this to you in the book of Job, chapter 2, verse 9 through 10. Why am I going to point this out? Because we make this mistake assume that Job was the only one going through what he went through but Job had a wife did he not church all right so was Job the only one that lost his kids she did was Job the only one that lost financial support she did she had a sick husband who lost his job she lost her kids her life was you think the devil was the only one attacking Job no Because they're marrying and because they're one, the devil was attacking the family. Both of them. The marriage. But Job responded when she reacted. His wife said to him, Are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. How many of you think she really took the time to think about those words? You think she sat down and said, okay, Lord, I'm going to pray. You give me wisdom on what to tell my husband. You think she prayed about that, church? You think she thought about her words? You think she thought about how that would hurt? Job, I know ladies, sometimes you say, I understand her husband. I understand. I want to tell him that. sometimes. But she reacted. But Job responded, notice, you talk like a foolish woman. Why? Because foolish people react. And Job said this, he thought about it, he prayed about it. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God? And never anything once. Bad? And in all of this, Job said nothing more. See, it's a choice whether, life, when life happens and bad things happen. The real challenge for believers is, am I going to accept this? A real mature believer says, Lord, I don't understand it. Lord, this hurts. This makes no sense. But I accept what you do. But if you're a reactive, immature, foolish person, you're going to say, Lord, why? Lord, this isn't fair. Lord, don't do this to me. God, this is not right. I don't deserve this, Lord. But see, Job took the time to respond. Because the way you handle your life, whether you react and respond, it's going to show you who your character is. It's going to reveal a lot about your heart. And in this story, we read that there is a woman who just lost her child. But you know what As I read? A woman that responded and did not react. She did not lose self-control. She maintained her integrity. She trusted in God. When I read part two of this story... I realize that a lot of us have more responding to do and less reacting to do because your reaction is making things worse and harder in your life. Because your reaction don't only just hurt you, they hurt those around you. The people you curse out. The people you say the wrong things to. The people you mistreat. I'm sorry, I was just feeling sick. I'm sorry, I was just having a bad day. I'm sorry, I just wasn't in the mood. I'm sorry. No, when you become a person that reacts and allows their emotions to get the best of them, you are foolish, immature, and you're going to make wrong decisions then what if you learn to respond to us and have self-control? My prayer is that you become so strong in the Lord that when that person does cut you off in traffic, you just turn your worship louder and say, Lord, I just pray for them. I'm not going to let you ruin my day. I'm not going to let you give me a bad testimony. Can we be honest in the house of God today? How many of you react too much? From your hands. How many of you say, no, Pastor, I got responding down pat. Any me one of these. Got it. Got it. I believe Cheeto. Cheeto, yeah. Barbie. <laughs> Woo, Barbie. Yeah. You got to learn to respond. You know what's crazy? In marriage, most most of the time, there's one responsive husband, wife, and the other one reacts. One crazy, one calm. Which one am I? Do you have to get it? Come on. And you know what's even crazier? The person that reacts hates the person that responds. Why are you so calm about this? Aren't you what? You know, I'm going to teach it on Wednesday night Bible study. We're going to continue this. But the disciples were reactive when Jesus was responding. Come on Wednesday. But see, in every marriage, it's funny. There's a, and sometimes they switch places. So I want to pray and play and preach to those here today. Let's say, Pastor, I, I need more help responding instead of the yes. Because there's nothing worse than a person that can't respond and allows their reaction to get the best. She responded, had self-control, composure. Her son just died. And I want to teach today things that we can learn from her. Look at verse 21 and 26. Here's the first lesson. And how we respond. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. She shut the door behind her. She went out. Please run now to meet her and say to her, this is the Kahaza of the servant, is it well with you? It's well with you. Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? And she answered, it's well. The first thing we're going to learn from her have you ever been asked, how are you doing? You good? You okay? Notice where she's at right now. She just laid her son on the bed of Elijah's room. She shuts the door. She cleans her face. She puts on her makeup. She takes a deep breath. You got this, girl. Let's go. She walks down there. She walks outside. And the first thing that to said Hey, how are you? I'm well. Okay. How's your husband? He's well. All right. How's your child? Right there in Venice. He's well. Everything's well. It's well. I used to think she was in denial. I owe her an apology when I'm in heaven. I said, I used to think you were in denial. I used to think you were lying. I used to think you were crazy. How does your son die, and you just say, it's well. It's well. I'm good. I'm fine. I used to think that. But then I realized she was not in denial. She was not lying. She was not crazy. She had. Faith to know that the God that gave me this son is the one in control of this son, so I'm not gonna let this bring me down. She responded, has she had a, been a person that reacts? She never would have gone up to the room, she would have left the house saying, My son, my son, help me, help me, someone please help me. You help me. He's not breathing, and she would have lost her. She's calm. You want to know why she was so calm, church? You want to know why? Because the word well, she said, it's well. It's well. The word well in the Hebrew literally means shalom, peace. And I said, wait a minute. How do you have peace at a time like this? through the bad, through the painful, through the crisis, you can have peace when you live with response and not react. You know who doesn't have peace? People that react. Allow the emotions to get you. And the reason she had peace, because notice, when her child died, church, put your thinking caps on, Let me test you, See if you're listening. Where does she go? She went up to where? Elijah's room. Not her room. Not the kid's room. No other room in the house. Elijah's room. Let's think a little more. Where did Elijah tell this woman about the son she was going to have? In the room. Remember, he called her up to his room and said, by this time next year, you're going to have a son. Why does she have this response to take the child, not run outside, not look for a doctor, not look for anyone that can help? Why was her response to just go upstairs, lay him on the bed, and shut the door? It's because she was laying him where the promise was made. You know what a person does when they live with response and not reaction? You don't react quickly. You don't react to panic. You go to the word and the promise of God and lay it before him. You lay it in the promise. Where does she hear the word of God? In that room. Where does she hear the promise? In that room. And when that was dead and hopeless and she was in a crisis, she took what was dead and laid it on the What if you would take what was dead and hopeless in your life and lay it before the promises of God? You might have more shalom in your life, more peace. She laid it before the promise of the world. You might be thinking, well, Pastor, I don't know how to do that. How do I just do that? Number two, this is what we can learn. 2 Kings four nine. Going back, how does she have so much of response, not a reaction? She said to her husband, "Behold, now I what? I perceive that this is a holy man of God passing by us." Continue. The woman said to her husband, "I, I perceive." The word "perceive" in the Hebrew is the word yadeh. That word literally means to have discernment. Discernment is your ability to understand the situation through the Spirit. To see things the way God does. Verse 9 tells us that this woman had discernment. Why? That house had guests all the time. People all the time went to that house. But when Elijah went to this house, discernment kicks in and says, no, 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 this is different. This is from God. She had discernment, the ability through the Spirit to understand and see something for what it is. Let me tell you, one of the greatest blessings you can have is discernment. Discernment, Discernment is the wisdom to really understand. Not to lean on your understanding, but to understand what God is doing. Discernment is just knowing and seeing what's godly and not. She had discernment. Let me give you an example. Family. He went to anoint. And look for a new king after Saul had just sinned and disobeyed. Samuel goes to the house to look at all the brothers, all the men, and going down the line. But the Bible says when Samuel saw Eliab, the older son, he said, Surely the anointing is on this guy. He has to be the one. Look how tall and dark and handsome. He looks like Pastor David. Look at him. Notice this. He has to be the one. He, but notice church, he reacted. His emotions kicked in. Whoa, here he is. Look at him. Wow, God, you did good here. Look at how tall he, what are you, six, five, six, four? Wow, look at these muscles. Wow, you, yeah, you're, you're way better than Saul. Lord, thank you. He's the one. But thank God, Samuel had the son. God whispers to him, it's not him. Not the one. It's David. Samuel, man, looks at the outside, but I look at the heart. And if you're the type of person that just goes by what you see, you're going to mess up and end up with Iliad. And I thank God that Samuel had the sermon because had he not had the sermon, after he reacted, Remember, it was through the line of David that Jesus came through. There are some serious consequences if you lack discernment. And a lot of us have this mistake that we just go by what we react. He's the one, I know it, he's the one. Yeah, he is the one, the one that's going to break your heart. She is the one, the one that's going to leave you broke. She is the one, they are the one, the one that's going to leave you with regret. You have to strengthen your discernment. Because discernment is not just making a good decision, it's making a God decision. Lord, is this from you? Are you in this? If not, Give me the discernment to see the red flag, to see this is not from you, so I can run away from it. And I'm thankful that God gives us discernment. You know, my mom has discernment. And I was like Sam, oh what about her? Mom, what you think? She's fake. Not real. Liar. She'll take one good look at you and say, Something's up for this. Can I tell you something? She's never been wrong. The sermon who saved your life. While you're looking for the one thing, the one opportunity, Mr. Right, Mrs. Right, the one one, Oh, look, surely this is from God, because look at the ads, look at the dark hair, look at the bank account, look at the car he drives, look at how much I can make, look how much money I can have, look at the retirement, look at this, look at that. And God said, are you able to have the maturity to have discernment? Because sometimes with discernment comes the reply when God says no. She has discernment. She knows that he's dead. She knows he's in the upper room. She shuts the door. But she also knows and discerns God is up to something. So I'm not going to react. I'm not going to go crazy. I'm not going to lose my hope or get discouraged. I have discernment. And I can see and feel that the Spirit of God is up to something now. Discernment keeps you going. And she discerns. Discernment is one of the greatest blessings you could ever have. You see, in 1 Kings 3, verse 9, this is where a lot of us make the mistake about Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived. He asked for wisdom and got rich and blessed and powerful and and everything was amazing because he asked for wisdom. He asked for wisdom, and it wasn't that that blessed his life. Therefore, give your servant an understanding heart. Why? Because Solomon you, I can't lean on my understanding. I don't have that capability. Lord, I need you to give me an understanding heart to judge your people that I may what? Discern between good and evil. The real blessing that blessed Samuel's Solomon's life was, Lord, give me the son. The wisdom to choose what is God. The wisdom to choose what is right versus wrong. Why? Because you're going to be faced with something or someone that's not from God. Young people, listen to me. If you are young and dating, you better pray for discernment and for God to give you red flags because if you see a crazy eye in that girl, you better run. Because that crazy eye is from God. Do you not see? She's crazy. Run, boy. Run. You're still young. You're still handsome. You got this. I don't know, but but you're so nice. It's a job, a nice job with great benefit, but it's going to take you away from God. Lord, give me discernment. Do I go? Do I stay? Do I take it or not? Because discernment, like the Shunammite woman, will bless you. Because it helps you understand what's from She knew God was up. There. So she shuts the door because one of the hardest things as a Christian is going to do is you are responding. So on the outside, you're calm, peaceful, collected, there. How many of you relate to this woman? Oh well, everyone's asking you, how are you doing? Everything good? How's life? It's well, it's good. God is good. Amen. Yes, he is. But how many of you understand, like the my woman, sometimes behind closed doors? Things are a While she's telling everyone, it's well, it's well, it's well, I'm good, only she and God know. Behind that door there's a dead child. And she's going through every mother's worst nightmare. but she's responding she's not reacting because she's already laid it before the promise of God. So when you lay it before the promise of God in his word, if you really have surrendered it to the Lord, you don't have to react. you can just respond in faith and in peace. She has discernment so she knows. God is up to something. God is not just going to take this child away from me. Why would God even give me a child and then just take it away? God is up to something. She has discernment. And if you want to know how to strengthen your discernment, you have to get closer to the Lord. you got to spend time in this book. You got to spend time in the Word. You got to pray. You got to listen in church. You got to come to Bible study. The closer you are to the Lord, the more discernment you have. Even Solomon had discernment, but why did Solomon's life get destroyed? Because the more he lived in sin and idolatry and lust and away from God, the more and more he made bad choices. And God speaks in whispers. And in order to hear a whisper, you have to be close to that person. Amen? And some of you want to hear from God, but you still want to be far from Him. But this woman had discernment, so she knew God was up to something. So here she is. She shuts the door, and she says, Lord, I'm going to lay this on Your promise, on Your Word, and I'm going to close the door, and I'm going to keep myself calm. Hey, girl, how are you? Peace, I'm good. Is everything good? Everything's fine. following. The Lord is good. But behind closed doors, she, no one knows what she's really going through. I can only imagine what you're going through behind closed doors. The church God is up to something. But this is another lesson we can learn from. Her. She laid him on the promise of God. She has discernment. But notice the Bible says that she didn't just run to Elijah. She did not. She didn't say, i got to go to Elijah. i got to run. Let's go. I have no time. She calmly cleans herself up, gets dressed. She goes downstairs. She's a lady. She just calmly, and she goes to her husband. Why? Because she's not reacting. She's responding. And here's a hard lesson you're going to learn today. Can I be honest in church today? When you are a person that reacts and doesn't respond, you treat everyone bad. But notice this woman. She comes downstairs and she goes to her husband first. Why? Because her husband is the authority in the home. I know the lady's like, what did he say? The husband's the authority as God should be the authority of that man. She respectfully, say that with me, Respectfully. You're like, what's that? Respect Allah? Respect. She goes to her husband and says, Can you get a servant for me? Can I have the donkey? Goes downstairs, honey, can I borrow the car? That's what that donkey was. Can I borrow the car? She's not reacting. then baby, the son's upstairs. Everything's a mess. Peace. Shalom. Peace. Everyone say shalom. shalom. Can I borrow the donkey, please? Why? I mean, what would you want? Anyone? Be honest. That's because you react. You don't respond. This guy would have been murdered by half the women in this church. Hey, Amen. I I know I'm a dead man. <laughs> man, we got to learn. Best thing is just say yes, dear. That's it. Ladies, I got you. Just say, yes, dear. But this guy, this woman is. Calmly responded. Her did it. She's calmly. Hi, can I borrow the donkey? I gotta go see Elisha. Why? It's not, it's not the Sabbath. It's not the, this guy saying, why? It's not Sunday. Why are you going to church? Why? Where, why are you gonna go? Why? What's the problem? And she says, honey, I just need to go see You see, this woman has such a response. So she can still live with respect and consider others around her. And I wonder if you're the type of person that reacts and you make everyone else around you miserable. And because you're going through a hard day, you make everyone else's day hard. And you come home tired and from work, you had a rough day, and everyone's going to feel it now. That's because you react. When you respond, you can still manage a high level of value and respect and authority and submission. What I love about the Shunammite woman, she went to her husband first. Then she went to Elijah and spoke to him. What do we learn from this woman? She laid the sun before the word of God, the promises of God. She had discernment to know God is up to something, so I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to go crazy. I'm going to clean myself up, go to my husband and just ask for the donkey. And if this fool gives me problems, and this fool, and he's... You know what? He doesn't, and let me tell you, some people, you have to get through. Some people, like the husband, just don't know what you're going through. Do. So don't take it out on them. If they ask you why, how's your day? Don't get angry. Don't get upset. You had a rough day. Why are you going to make everyone else's life rough? She didn't even tell her husband about the son. Why? Here's another thing you can learn from this woman when you respond and not react, you don't waste time talking about your problems to someone that can't help you. Some of you talk too much. A reactive person, you'll you'll tell a homeless man in the street your problems. You'll tell him, how are you doing? Ah, where do I start, girl? Where do I start? Hey, how's your marriage? Oh my God, I don't know why I got married. Can you believe this guy? Can you believe... you talk too much. She goes to Elijah because Elijah is a man of God that can do something about it. And I don't know who this is for, but stop wasting your time on people that can't fix your life. Stop wasting your life, your breath, your conversations on people that don't matter and aren't going to help you with what you're going through. The best response is what she said as well. I'm, I'm not gonna get in it with you, because you can't help. It. She goes to Elijah. I need you to come to my house. I need you to come. My son is dead. I didn't ask for this, and so she's laying herself out before Elijah. Verse thirty two and thirty seven. Elijah goes to the home. When Elijah came into the house, behold, the lad was dead. And laid on her bed, on his bed. So he entered and shut the door behind him and prayed to the Lord. What did Elijah just do? Elijah saw him and just prayed. Because so Elijah's a man of response, not reaction. Elijah didn't go in there, they, oh my goodness, he's dead! Why is he here? On my bed? It's gross. I can't sleep on this bed now. Goes in that room just like she did. Shut the door. Here's here's a word. You ready for a word? He went alone there with that boy. Shut the door. Why? Because there are some problems in your life you need to shut people out and put God in. Shut people out and let God in. He sees this boy in that bed doesn't react but responds, just prays. just pray doesn't say, God, why would you do this? God This make God, I told her about this son and why would you do this God no he went up and laid on the child, put his mouth on his mouth and his eyes on his eyes, his hands on his hands, stretched himself on him, and the flesh of the child became warm. Then he returned and walked in the house. One, back and forth. Why do I love this? Because God doesn't answer prayers instantly. Sometimes you got to go back and forth. Went up again, stretched himself on him, and the lad, the boy, sneezed seven times. And he opened his eyes. Come on, give God praise for that. He opened his eyes. But here's the real kicker. Look at verse 37. Verse 37. Then she went and fell at his feet and bowed herself to the ground and she took up her son and went out. And I want to hear, I want to tell someone here this morning, you're going to come out of this. God has a plan for what you're going through. You just got to go back and forth for a while, but don't lose heart. Don't react. Respond. And the boy was given back. And this woman gets another man. God gives her something. Because you serve a God come back. You serve a God that says you're not going to understand why I put you through this. You're not going to understand why life is unfair. You're not going to understand me all the time. But trust in the Lord with all your heart. Because you're not going to have me understand. Just acknowledge me. Now straighten out your path. So some of you got to take the dead promise of dead things in your life. Don't react. Just Go to the promise of God's word and lay it before you. Say, Lord, you said this in your word and i this before you. Some of you got to get back to getting closer to God because you're lacking discernment and you're doing dumb things. You say, Lord, I need help with discernment. I want to make right decisions, not just good ones, but God ones. And like this woman, stop talking all the time about your problems. Stop wasting your breath on people that can't help you. Live at peace. Just go to people that are you. She went to Elijah. Don't go to Becky in the corner. Bob at work. El primo tuyo. You go to someone that you know, like Elijah, this is a man of God. This is a woman of God. This is a praying person. But I'm off on Monday, so don't be calling me. Don't be bothering mom too much either. She has a newborn now in her life. How many of you needed this word today? You have discernment. And don't react. Some people don't understand where you're coming from. Don't take it out on you. Be respectful, kind, even if you're going through a hard time. And when she goes to that room, God gave that son that was dead and hope back, back. Next week, we're going to talk about why God did Part three, making room for a miracle. Why did God take him in the first place? God gave, took away, and gave him. Why? The answer will mean. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I can only imagine what people are going through behind those doors. You know the heart of the people. You know what they're going through. The pain that they feel. Lord, I just pray today. You would help us respond to life and not react. Some of us lose self control. We say the wrong things, do the wrong things. And I pray, Father, you will give us the faith to lay our dead problems on your promise. And I pray for someone here today that needs discernment because they're facing a difficult situation and they need answers. But Lord, I just pray you help them not to make decisions based on emotion or what they understand, but to seek discernment to help this person draw near to you as you draw near to them. And if that's you, you, just say, Lord, just be discernment. Right? Father, I pray for people to have more respect like this my woman for their spouses, for their elders, For everyone around, because when life, when Lord, when life gets hard, you shouldn't make other people's lives harder. Because forgive us for only talking about our problems, Lord, with people that can do nothing about it. But I pray that you will put Godly men and women around us, like you did with Elijah to her. That will pray for us. Lead us in your wisdom. And help us, Lord, to shut the door behind us. And just spend time alone with you in prayer. And I pray, Father, at the right time, we might go back and forth, but at your time, Lord, you will do a miracle and restore and bring back to life that what is dead in our lives. And if you're here this day, and you haven't made the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of your life. My question to you, church, now, is how will you respond to Jesus? Will you make Him the Lord of your life? Will you repent of your sins and turn to Him? For the Word of God says He is the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by Him. And today may be the day of salvation. This is you today. Would you put your hands up and respond in faith to the Lord right now and say, Pastor, this is me. I want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. And if you hear it today, you're saying, Pastor, Jesus is the Lord of my life. I am born again and saved. But I'm reacting too much. And I need wisdom, I need discernment, I need peace. But behind closed doors, my life. If that's you, would you put your hand up? I want to pray over your life. God bless you. You're all across you, all over. This. Let's all stand for our feet to pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that we receive this word with authority and power. Help us to leave this mess this morning, knowing. You are sovereign and in control, and we not we may not understand why we go through what we go through, but we do not have to understand, for our understanding is not something we should think of, but to trust you. So I pray, Father, behind closed doors, in prayers like Elijah, we surrender to that which is hopeless and dead into Your hands and Your palms. Help us to leave today responding to life not reacting to life. help us to have a testimony to trust you as you work a miracle we pray in Jesus name and God's church said amen amen come on give God some praise this morning.